0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Hallelujah! Thank you. We're gonna, I want to. If you want to go ahead and turn with me to the Book of Mark, chapter twelve. I'm so honored to be able to speak to this morning under the authority of my pastor. I'm not under his authority, then I'm not under God's authority. And I'm humbled to be under him. We love him, and Sister Boyd, I know you do as well. And I hate not seeing them here this morning, but I'm glad that they're able to get away. And uh, I want to give honor to them. I want to give honor to my wife, who's my greatest supporter. And I know for a fact that my biggest prayer warrior. Because I can hear almost every morning and I can hear my name being called. I need that. I need prayer. I'm one of them saints that knows I need God (laughs) every day. I need forgiveness every day. Mark chapter 12, starting with verse 29 through 31. And the Bible says, And Jesus answered him, The first of all, the commandment is, Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. That's not all. And the second is like namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Matthew 22 and 40, he said this on these two commandments. Hang all the law and the prophets. You have to get these two before you can understand the rest of them. This morning, my, my subject this morning is the power of two. The power of two. If you would, set your Bibles down and pray with me this morning. Lord, thank you, Lord, for meeting us here this morning already. Hallelujah for letting your spirit just flow in here, Lord. But I need you, God. I need you now to direct me and help me deliver the word that you put on my heart, God. I can't do it without you. I would mess it up. I need a full authority, Lord. Hallelujah. I need your hand today. I need your favor, God. And we need you to help us hear this and understand it, God. Help us receive what you would have us hear this morning. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. The power of two. I, I'm going to be honest. I struggled. God gave me this, this title. And I struggled with bringing something together here. So if you'll help me preach this morning, I'm going to do my best with the help of the Lord to bring this together. I want to... The power of two is not exactly... I'm not talking about exactly two people or... Or two monuments even. The power of two we just read in our text is the first two commandments. And the rest comes from that. We have to first grasp that and understand that. It doesn't come from numbers. It it comes from having the right message. And that's the right message. And that message is knowing who Jesus is. I'm excited, I'm sure as, as, all, as all of us are, about the revivals that we're seeing across our nation, across the campuses right now. What a wonderful thing we're seeing take place. But I'm afraid without the message, I'm not being a naysayer. I'm just saying without the message, it's not sustainable. And the message is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And the second, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments is the message. We bring that message. Praise God. I want to go back to the book of Joshua. I know recently we, we spoke on this. But I want to go back. I'm going to talk this morning. I'm going to start off talking about the two monuments, the two memorials there. But I'm going to give us a little backdrop for those who may not be familiar with the story. So when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River in the book of Joshua, Joshua had discovered something very important. He he discovered that they needed to restore the covenant of circumcision. Because any male who had not experienced a cutting away of the flesh would be cut off from the people. In Genesis 17 verses 13 and 14 reads that, He that is born into thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised. Even a slave must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man child whose flesh flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised that soul shall be cut off from his people He hath broken my covenant. We have to get rid of the flesh. The flesh must die. When we go to Joshua 5 and 5, it records that none of the people born in the wilderness had been circumcised. In Numbers 20, when you go back, within the first month of the 40th year after the Exodus, the tribes of Israel arrived at Kadesh where Miriam, Moses' sister, had died. This generation would be the last of that generation. This generation left their children uncircumcised. They were this generation was spiritually dead long before they were physically dead. They were indifferent to, to what God expected from them. And the children, when they when they camped at Gilgal, they they, uh, they 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 kept the Passover. But without circumcision, they would have been unqualified to participate in the Passover. So Joshua determined that the army he prepared to lead into the promised land needed to be fully compliant with the laws of the Lord. The renewal of the covenant of circumcision, of circumcision rather, rolled away the reproach of Egypt and paved the way for the people to celebrate the Passover. For Joshua, a man of war, a general, to be given a command from God to circumcise his men, to incapacitate them to great faith and obedience. They are now in in a hostile environment. They're They're in another country. They're getting ready to go to war. And God tells them, we need to circumcise the army really, on their territory. We're getting ready to go to battle. But they had to be circumcised. We must die to get into the presence of the Lord or there's no presence of the Lord. The feast marked the end of God's provision of manna. The Israelites would no longer eat this manna because they would reap a bountiful harvest in the land of milk and honey. They're going to eat from vine or vineyards that they didn't plant. They're going to live in homes they didn't build. Amen. From now on, they would only get their nourishment from the Word of God. They no longer would follow a pillar cloud by day and a pillar fire by night. They would now pursue the righteousness and holiness that came through the ark of the Lord. Like the generation before them that could not come near Mount Sinai, this generation as well couldn't come near or close to the ark. In fact, between the ark and the people was about a mile. The pillar of cloud was gone and now they were to walk by faith rather than sight. The crossing of the Jordan gave Joshua the opportunity and here we are. I'm coming out of there and we're going to talk about memorials for a minute. The crossing of the Jordan gave Joshua the opportunity to set up two memorials. Joshua put twelve stones in the midst of Jordan and he also commanded that twelve men Retrieved 12 stones from the midst of Jordan and put on the bank of Jordan. Now there's two. These stones would be placed on the bank and Joshua, back before this, Joshua uh, was there when the 10 spies brought back their evil report. I don't want to get ahead of myself to try to stay with me. So this time when he starts sending, when he goes, gets prepared to send two spies into Jericho, he remembers that. So this time, he only sent two spies into Jericho. Joshua didn't ask the men that were setting up the stones what they thought about it. Because the monument spoke for itself. Hallelujah. The two memorials would remind Israel of God's covenant with them. When When the river would overflow, they could still see the stones on the bank of the river. And when the waters were low during dry season, they could see both of them. There's going to be seasons when we as individuals will go through wet seasons. Seasons that will hide us. Seasons that will seem as though God is not hearing us. Seasons that seem as if God has gone silent. And there's going to be days of idleness. There will be days, seasons of loneliness and even separation. It's going to even seem like God is bringing judgment on us at times. Because we're just not, we're not being seen, we're not, it's like we're not being heard. Job said, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might even come to his seat. He said, on the left hand, where he doth work, he's usually there on the left hand, but I cannot behold him. He, he hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. There's going to be days like that, but Hear this, he said, he knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His ways have I kept and not decline. I'm here to tell you this morning, there's going to be days where you just feel like you're slipping. There's going to be days that you will slip. There's going to be seasons that you'll get off in the ditch and seasons that you'll get off in the wilderness. But I'm telling you, if you'll just maintain your ways before him, God will bring you back. God will bring you back and get you back on track. I'm telling you, there's been times my foot almost will not slip, but I kept my hand in God. In those days Days. In those seasons, I just spoke Jesus. I just spoke Jesus. I couldn't understand what was going on. I couldn't understand all this happening, but I just spoke Jesus. I just kept speaking Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Their children... Could see the memorial in the midst of Jordan in the dry season. They would ask, the Bible says they did this because there'd be a day that they would ask, What, what do these stones mean? What do they mean? Joshua, Joshua's choice to commission two men to spy out Jericho reveals his strategy. Of the original 12 spies in Numbers 13. Sent to investigate the land. You remember only two, Joshua and Caleb, could envision God's will for them. Only two could catch the vision. The ten disbelieving spies were focused on the size of the giants. You ever got focused on the size of your storm? How on, I have. Joshua and Caleb were not concerned with the giants in the land. They were not concerned with the size of the enemy but they understood the size of their God. They were there when they crossed the Red Sea. They were there when God spoke to Moses on the mount. Joshua had been in the tenor tabernacle. The Bible says one time he even lingered in the presence of the Lord. So Joshua for sure understood the power of God and he wasn't concerned about the size of the giant because he knew how big his God was. We've got to understand. Know how, how big your storm is? What's going on? What the world is seeing? What's happening around us? We've got to understand that our God is bigger than what's going on they were not worried about all the chaos that was going on they were focused on the power of the God they served Joshua knew that two could be more powerful than ten and the scriptures confirm it in 1 Samuel 14 and 6 it reads and Jonathan said to the young man that bears armor come Come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Listen to what He says: For there is no restraint to the Lord to save many or by few. Come on, now we heard this. we heard this in Deuteronomy. We've heard this quote a few times. The Bible says in Deuteronomy thirty-two and thirty, it speaks of one putting a thousand to flight and two putting 10,000 to fly. I'm talking about the power of two. Matthew 18 records that God will, will be in the midst of two or three gathered in his name. He said, he, he said just in my name, in my name, just speak my name. I don't need two or three of you, or I don't need all of you. All I need is two or three of you. All I need is a couple of Holy Ghost filled children of God. And us three, us two, can put 10,000 to flight. But if I had all of you, oh God, if I had all of you, come on, come on, yes, yeah. we could set this community on fire. I'm telling you, I'm not just preaching words. I'm here to tell you, I'm bringing a word from the Lord. And God has been telling me, He's been putting it in my spirit. I need some faithful people that are, I know we pray. But we got to pray with an expectation. Not just, not just being a habit. We need to pray with expectation. I'm on my knees. I'm expecting for this community to be turned upside down. I'm expecting for somebody to be saved today. I'm expecting for somebody to be healed today. And by the way, Brother Ray, how's your foot feeling right now? Just be honest. Just just stay there. Just keep believing. He's going to heal his foot today. I believe that in Jesus' name. God will restore what the enemy has taken away. Because their rock is not like our rock We stand on the rock of Christ Hallelujah we, we should not fear what's going on around us We should not fear all the rumors of war and famine We're the bride of Christ We're the bride of Christ I, I, I got a special scripture for us today It's all these, these post believers They have a right to be wrong But in Thessalonians 2, Thessalonians 2 and 7 says For the mystery of iniquity doth already work Only he who letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. The word letteth here means to prevent or hinder or delay or restrain. What Paul is saying, if the Holy Ghost were not here, then the spirit of Antichrist would have engulfed this planet. That's right. There would be no hope. There would be no love, no light, no compassion, no truth, but the church... The bride is still here and is restraining the Antichrist. Brother Raymond said recently in a a message on the rapture, he said, you don't want to be here after the rapture takes place. I want to stand with him on that. You don't want to be here when the Holy Ghost is gone. Oh, God, it's going to be a time like there never was a time. You better get on board with this. You better not leave here today without getting in covenant with God because Jesus is coming. Praise God. If you must be born of the water and of the Spirit, that that means you need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Why we need both? Because the Holy Ghost gives us power. Baptism in His name gives us authority, and we need both. We have a high hand, and we have the favor of God upon us because we are in covenant with Him, we can receive counsel from the counselor. What a wonderful thing that is to get power from the Most High God. I can get into the presence of the King because I have access, because I have this blood on me. Oh, I, 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 you, you, you want to have access because there's going to be days where you need Him and even in the days that you're not going through something, it's just glorious to get into the presence of the Lord. Praise God. This world is void of godly counsel. They're void of, of understanding. They drink from the vine of Sodom and glean from the fields of Gomorrah. Their wine is of gall and their clusters are bitter. Hallelujah. Their poison comes straight from that old serpent who, by the way, has grown into a dragon. He's no longer a serpent. He's, got a, he's understanding what's going on. Don't, don't get me wrong. The devil knows how to do his job. He does. I don't like to give him much credit, but we don't need to walk around blind either. The devil's very good at his job. And he likes to hide himself among the stuff, if you will. He likes to hide himself in the church. He likes to hide himself among saints. Praise God. Joshua 4 and 21 says, And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers... In time to come, saying, What mean these stones? This is a very important question. When the children see the mound of stones that lie in the midst of Jordan, they will ask, What do these stones mean? And the parents will explain how God led their generation of the Jordan River just as he led a previous generation across the Red Sea. I'm telling you, when you start giving your testimony, hallelujah, it, it sends up some ears. You know, like a dog, when he when he lifts his ears, he's hearing something. Hallelujah, he's, 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 he's sensing something. And when we start giving our testimony, hallelujah, when people start asking questions, we need to be ready because their ears are going to light up. They're going to start listening. Praise God. Someone said, uh, I read somewhere, let me get it right. They said, I read the Bible, I believe it, and that settles it. No. No, that's not it. I'm afraid you got it all wrong. Here it is. The Bible says it, and that settles it. It doesn't matter if you read it or you believe it, the Bible says it and that says it, I love hearing or I don't love hearing, but I love hearing every now and then saints say, well I'm just not convicted about that well I was in prison with a lot of people who were not convicted about what they did, but they're still there they're still guilty, so that God didn't ask you if you're convicted about it he put it in his word, and that means you do it yeah. All right. All right. All right. well I don't feel I need to do that, well he didn't ask you Praise God. He didn't ask for our opinions. He just spoke the word and that settles it. There's no limit to the depth of his word and the power that it produces. We've been made heirs of Christ, of with Christ. We see all things work together for the good of the saints. In Mark 6 and 7, Jesus sent his disciples. He said he sent them out two by two. Two. In groups of Two. And gave them power over unclean spirits. He said in my name they shall cast out devils. We have authority right here on earth as well. We have authority. He gave it to us to bind here on earth so it will be bound in heaven. He gave us power to loose things on earth so they'll be loosed in heaven. We have power over weakness. or wickedness. We have power because His strength is made perfect in our weakness. We are to walk in that dominion. We are to walk in that authority that Jesus purchased for us on the cross. We have power to trade on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And the Bible says, nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. You can't stop my people. That's what God said. You can't stop my bride because I gave them power. I gave them authority. Praise God. If you need healing, he's your Jehovah Rapha. Yes, he is. If you need provision, he's your Jehovah Jireh. If you need peace, he's your Jehovah Shalom. If you need to get into his presence, he's your Jehovah Shema. If you need, your, if you need righteousness, he's your Jehovah Sikhanu. If you need sanctification, he's your Jehovah Mkadesh. In, all, in our language, he's Jesus. Just speak Jesus. Just speak Jesus. If you're hungry, hallelujah. The Bible says he's the bread of life. If you're in the dry ground, guess what? He's the root. Hallelujah. If you're thirsty, he's that living water. Hallelujah. He's a mender if you're broken. He's a mender if you're broken. If you're in darkness, he's the light of the world. If you're lost, he can be found. Praise God. Why don't we clap our hands again? Hallelujah. The Samaritan woman came to Jacob's well for years. Years, Brother Trail. Only to get enough water for that day. But when she went there that day, she met a well sitting on a well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that day, she left with that well inside of her she received an everlasting supply of living water. I want that living water blowing or falling up in me. I want it overflowing. I don't want a cup full. I want a well full. I'm going to get into the presence of the Lord today. I'm going to linger until I feel Him. I'm going to linger until that water begins to overflow. I want it rolling through my living room. I want people when they come by to say, there's something going on with you. What is that all over here? You. it's God, it's God it's Jesus it's that living water praise God she left there that day with a power of testimony all you need is 2 you and your testimony that's all you need hallelujah, testimony is Jesus see in the 120 in the upper room speaking in tongues that people ask and Acts 2 and 12 and they, they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another whoa what meaneth this what's going on here what is that hey you hear that let's go over and see what that is their ears lifted up brother junior well, some people are going to listen some people are going to hear it let's don't be naysayers Come on, somebody's going to hear this. Somebody's going to receive it. Somebody out there is the next preacher. Somebody out there is the next disciple maker. Somebody out there is, oh, come on. Somebody out there that you're talking with may be a missionary. Hallelujah. God's already cleared the way for them. They just haven't come to the altar yet, but they're coming. They're coming. You just keep witnessing to them. You just keep telling about Jesus because they're coming. He's already clearing the way for them. Because our God works outside of time. What does this mean? What meaneth this? This question served as a catalyst for Peter's message. And when he finished preaching, they were so pricked in the heart. We're talking about people that were there that were encouraging him to crucify him. Nail him to that cross. He's blaspheming, blaspheming God. These people that Peter was preaching to And they were so pricked in their hearts that they asked, what shall we do? How can we be saved then? Because there's only one way to be saved, by the way, and I'm going to tell you right now. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and after that it doesn't say this is optional this is a commandment to get into the heaven or kingdom of heaven you must be born of the water and the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of God he just said it just that plain and simple hallelujah but it wasn't for them just there that day the Bible says for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This message is for you. This message is for me. They just need that message. The world just needs that message, brother Allen. They must need they need it. There's a lot we're not the only ones that love God. We're not the only one that's hungry for the things of God. I get upset when I see people making comments. You know, just ignore them. Oh, there's no power there. There's nothing going on there. Nah, there's nothing going on in your house either. So, you know, don't listen to them. They're naysayers. They had not seen God work in their lives in years, decades, maybe never. So don't listen to them. God's going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. He said so. And he's going to do it. I just want to give you a little common sense. They're not all going to be in the apostolic churches. We don't have the size to hold them. That's just common sense. It's going to have to happen elsewhere other than this. That's just dimension. Hey. So it's going to happen. Lord knows what he's doing. He's going to pour out. He's going to pour out the spirit in the denominational churches. They're going to start getting a revelation. They already are. They already are. Africa is overflowing with them coming to the oneness of God. They can't even keep count of them. All they can count is the pastors that they that received it. And that's thousands. They can't even count the congregations of people coming to this truth, the oneness truth. Jesus' name, baptism is coming to all lands, all nations, all cities across this land. Asbury revival to apostolic uh, evangelists went to Asbury Revival and, and they weren't the only ones there only apostolics there anyway they were in line to get in into the building to the campus and when they noticed one of them noticed there was a field over here and they had about a hundred or so in that field and he said I feel like maybe we need to go over there and let's walk over there so they walked over there And they went over there and the people were singing songs and praising God. They were worshiping God. And there was what seemed to be a music leader there. And she just happened to look over at Brother Fish. And she says, she asked him, do you have something to say? Now he's never seen her before. This is the first time they didn't speak. They didn't ever spoke before. And she asked a young apostolic on fire preacher holding the Bible in his hand in the revival. If he had something to say, oh, I do. He said, I do, yes, ma'am. And he took his Bible and he went straight to Acts 19, which I thought, wow, I wouldn't have thought of that. But now I'm going to try that. I hope I get the opportunity to try that. He went to Acts 19 when Paul seen certain disciples of John and he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I see you here preaching the gospel. I see you here on fire for God. But have you received the Holy Ghost? Because there's more than this. You can get more than some chill bumps. And so he asked them, "Have you received the Holy Ghost?" And they said, "Well, we didn't know there had been any Holy Ghost." And so when he explained to them more thorough, Hallelujah! What the Bible says. The Bible says they received the Holy Ghost, and he baptized them in Jesus' name. So when Brother Fish began to explain to them that there's more than just a blessing, there's more than just a feeling, there's an experience that must take place. There's a transformation that has to happen. Hallelujah. There's some flesh that needs to be cut away. You got to get rid of the flesh. Two ministers jumped on a plane and flew to Asbury being willing vessels and around 30 people A conservative count, they said, received the Holy Ghost. They took one guy back to the motel and baptized him in the name of Jesus. The story is this guy went back out preaching. The same message that they preached to him and was commanding others after they received the Holy Ghost, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm talking about disciples making disciples. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting out there being a willing vessel. Get up in there amongst them and you'll get an opportunity. God opened the door. He'll open the door of utterance and it's our choice, our commandment really to step into that. Yes, yes. Praise God. He gave them a commandment to be baptized. this young man had authority before or had power before him, and now has power. now he has both. Now he has the Holy Ghost and the name. you need both. that's the power of two. you need both. It doesn't take a multitude, it only takes two or three and he'll be in the midst of you. Hallelujah, I wonder though, I do, I wonder what would have happened if a couple of buses full of apostolic people would have went up there explaining the message more perfectly. I wonder what would have happened if the power of two brought 30 to the Lord. I wonder what 120 would have done. I have Bible for that too. It all started with Jesus and then he began to bring disciples and the 13 of them went through all the country preaching the gospel message. And on the day of Pentecost... Oh, it didn't start out with a large number. But on the day of Pentecost, it only started out with 120 in an upper room. But before the day ended, before the sun set, God gave them 3,000 souls and by Acts chapter 4, God added an additional 5,000. I'm just wondering if we just had about 120 that would get up and go out out there and preach the gospel message to a hungry hungry crowd of people. What would happen? Praise God if the Lord can be for us who can be against us. Hallelujah, it's upon this rock that he built his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against his church. We boldly proclaim the Lord is on our side. With the impending attack on Jericho, Joshua met an armed man and wondered if he was friend or foe. And when Joshua asked the man to proclaim his allegiance, Joshua expected a simple yes or no or for and against or for or against however the man replied neither <laughs> the man said I'm the captain of the host of the Lord you see Joshua he asked the wrong question he asked if, if the Lord was on his side that's the wrong question to ask he should have asked if he himself was on the Lord's side Hallelujah. I'm going to ask us today, are we on his side? It's it's time for us to keep, well, Lord, I hope the Lord's for me. Oh, he's for you. Are you for him? Are you on his side? Are you on his team? I know He may be silent right now. Are you going to give up on him? He didn't give up on me. He didn't give up on you. So I'm going to ask you again, who's on the Lord's side? This ground that we're standing on this morning is holy ground. And when we come into the presence of the Lord, we need to come in with a, with not just an obedient heart. We usually stop at obedience. We do. Boy, take the trash out. And he takes the trash out. That's obedience. But him mumbling the whole way is not submissive. Submission. We need to be submitted to God. Not just obedient, but submitted to God. That puts you on team Jesus. That puts us on the team of the Lord. If we're on the Lord's side in one mind, with one accord, there's nothing that would stop us from having the revival of a lifetime right here in Hatch Bend. I know I've been talking about uh, Asbury and across this nation, across this globe, but I'm preaching to Hatch Bend this morning. I'm preaching revival to Hatch Bend this morning. The music can come. If we could sing that same song, Speak Jesus, I just felt that in prayer or in worship while I go. That would be great. I believe that 2023 is a year for hatchbin. We're going to see multitudes filled with the Holy Ghost right here, right here in our altitude altars. Come on. Come on. I'm speaking that. I feel it. We're going to see a bulk of people being filled at the same time in the same service from one end to the other from the front to the back. They're going to be speaking in tongues and we're going to be in awe because we're going to wonder what we're going to do with them. But I'm here to tell you don't worry about what we're going to do with them. Wonder what God's going to do with them because they're coming and we need to be ready. I'm going to close but I got a little, little bit of a close here. As born-again believers, we, are, we must understand the revelation of what the church is. And his, that's his bride. From the foundation of the world, the church was always the plan of God. Like Rebecca, was a bride for Isaac. That was her destiny. That was what God called her to do. And Abraham, he sends his servant with, a, with precise instructions on what type of bride he wanted for his son, Abraham's servant did not deviate from any of Abraham's requirements that, that was necessary for a bride. He didn't get off in the ditch. He, he, he knew the instructions and he followed them to the T. Like the Bible says, there's no side interest. There's no window. That's it. It's Acts 2.38. There's no other way. Rebecca listened to every word the servant spoke to her. And she pondered at all the riches that Abraham had and all these riches would, riches would be passed on to Isaac. And She must have pondered about that. Hallelujah. That must have enticed her. It would have. Come on, you, you'd have been enticed too. You'd have been listening too. And so she was listening. And that day she agreed to go in covenant with her bridegroom. She left the world behind her, her world. And she left it to follow a stranger into a strange land. The servant presented the master's request in such a way. Hallelujah. We got to present this in such a way that she left everything to become his bride. We must present this in a way that they understand, that's enticing to them. Hallelujah. That they hear about the riches that's going to be given to the bride. That must entice them. You must hear, listen to this. We just got to get into our spirit before we can pour it into somebody else's spirit. Will you listen to this servant of God today? I'm trying to present to you the access to the throne room, the plans, and they're not to be deviated from. If you're here this morning and you need the Holy Ghost, or you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, or you just need a renewing, a refreshing, I invite you to stand to your feet, Right now, stand to your feet, everybody. Come down to this altar and repent. And God will transform you this morning. Hallelujah. I'm not just talking about people that need the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about people that need a refreshing or renewing or you just want to come down here and worship God. Hallelujah. We ought to be a people that can't wait to get into the presence of God. Come on, I invite you to come down here today.